And uh, so if you would, turn with me to first, uh, to John chapter 5, verse number 2. And uh, where I just want to be able to take a few moments and speak what the Lord's laid on my heart. In verse number 2 it says, And there is, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first after, after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. And now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been in this condition for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I come, another steps in before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and on that day was the Sabbath. And if you would, just for a moment, I want to speak to you on a thought that the Lord gave me is there's power on the inside of you. And I believe that whenever we start to figure out that, you know what, we have some power that's on the inside of us that we just need to stir up the gift that's within us. And so if you would, let's just pray. Stretch your hand towards me and, and let's just pray this morning. Dear God, our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you this morning. God, we ask you right now, Lord, that you would just come down through the portals, Lord, and that you would just speak through me this morning, Lord. God, I pray that you would ordain each and every word from heaven, Lord. And God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just let it settle, Lord, upon our spirits this morning, Lord. Stir us to be the men and women of God that you called us to be, Lord. Let us be the church, Lord, that's ready to lead a revolt, Lord. Let us be the army, Lord, that you breathe a fresh anointing into this morning, Lord that says, you know what, we're not going to stand for anything, but we're going to stand for the truth, Lord. And God, we're not going to let anything or anybody divide the church this morning because, God, we're going to become stronger. We're going to become everything that you've called us to be. God, we're going to absolutely destroy the attacks of the enemy this morning. And God, we thank you for everything that you're going to do in and through us this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. And I, one of the things whenever I started uh, reading and uh, started studying this message just a little bit is, is sometimes change is very difficult for us. How many likes to do, how many likes change? I know that if you were to come to me tomorrow morning, if my supervisor comes to me and says, Dwight, we're going to start doing things this way, I'm going to tell you I'm probably going to buck at first because, you know what, I don't like change sometimes. That's just the way that we are because we get settled and we get comfortable with the way that things are. You see, change is difficult for us a whole lot of times, and throughout our life we have to face a lot of changes. And one of the things, one of the reasons that we don't like change is because we're comfortable in where we're at so many times. I don't know about you, but I, I like it when I go home and I, I can kick my shoes off and I can sit on the couch or I can lay in the bed just a little bit because, you know what, it's because I'm comfortable in that situation. It's just whenever Darla says, you know what, we, we got to have the grass cut because it's about that much too high. <laughs> Listen, if you're at my house and it goes seven days and it doesn't rain or drop and it's 95 degrees, that grass needs to be cut today. So, listen, they're, they're, you don't get to be comfortable just for a little bit because I got to cut grass a little bit. I can't kick my shoes off a little bit. But see, sometimes we get so comfortable because we have the same amount of friends we, we interact with on a daily basis or, or we have the same kind that we're, we're, we're comfortable in our job. We're comfortable in a whole lot of things, even though maybe our home life sometimes isn't perfect. 
but we become comfortable in that situation because that's what sounds familiar to us. That's the things that are familiar to us. And you know what? Whenever I, I start thinking about becoming comfortable, I, I believe the Lord wants to absolutely shake up your apple cart just a little bit. He don't want you to be comfortable every time that you come into the house of God. He wants to move you into a closer walk with Him. And the only way that He can do that is if He changes the environment around you just a little bit. You see, whenever you're not wanting to change, that's whenever we start getting stuck in the past. And I believe so many times we get so stuck in our past that we can't get into the future where God wants to take us because we won't let go of things that are behind us. You see, we can't be who God wants us to be because we're too busy saying, you know what, somebody spoke this over my life. Somebody done this to me. Somebody done that. When God says, you know what, I don't care about what went on in your past because you know what, I don't even look at your past because I'm looking at where I want to take you this morning. You see, God's not satisfied with you just being comfortable, but he wants to make us uncomfortable this morning because he wants to take us somewhere. He wants to take us to new territory. He wants to absolutely take us to somewhere that we've never been, but it's going to take you getting outside of your comfort zone this morning. You see, sometimes we come in, and, and I've noticed, I told Josh this morning, I said, you know, since we've spread out the chairs and everything, I said I've started noticing how people started going to seats that they feel comfortable in. But I remember whenever we first started this, and I said, hey, we've got to start up here where John Martin is, and we've got to work our way over. They were going, I've got to sit in the front. Pastor Sean, may, he may see me a little more if I... But you know what? Because it made us feel a little uncomfortable. But you know what? I believe that my question for you this morning, are you ready for change this morning? Hey man, I, uh, things can't always be the way that they've always been. Are you ready to break the cycle of every day-to-day -day life that goes on? And are you ready to change for the plan that God has for your life this morning? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. We can never be who God has called us to be if we're not willing to change and step outside of our comfort zone. If you're going to always do the thing that you've always did, you'll always get the same results that you always got. You want to know why we don't see God move like we used to? Where's our prayer life? Hey, man, if you want to see great, uh, great things happen, you'll show, I'll show you somebody that's got a great prayer life. If you want to see little things happen, then you have a little prayer life. If you want to see nothing happen, then do nothing. But God wants us to change. God wants us to step into something new because I'm telling you, He's stirring the waters just a little bit. And if you will, you watch what God wants to do in and through you this morning. Hey, man, God don't want you to be the same person you was last week, but He wants to take you to a new level this morning. Hey, man. I'm talking to somebody that's, that's sick and tired of being sick and tired this morning. I'm talking about somebody that's, that's went around and around and, and they're doing the same old things and they're getting the same old results. Somebody that wants to change this morning. I believe God's speaking to you this morning. Hey man, I believe that there's five hindrances to change. And I believe the first one is pride. Pride says that, you know what, I don't need to change. There's nothing wrong with me. Pride says that, you know what, there's nothing wrong with me. It's you, there's something wrong with you. You need to change to my formality. You, you need to be like I am. Pride says, you know what, that it does things its own way when we know that God does things his way. You see in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a mighty spirit before a fall. Pride leads to stunt growth. You want to know why so many people are in the same place and they don't grow year after year after year? It's because we've we got a prideful spirit and it stunts our growth and, and God can't do anything whenever we have pride in the way. You see, the second thing is, is fear. Fear says, I'm afraid to change. Hey, I, I can tell you that's true. You can ask my wife. There's times I'll sit there and I, I will doubt myself sometimes. I'll say, 
You know what? But listen, I, I can tell whenever that fearful spirit's trying to attach itself to me because, you know what, I don't like change sometimes. Uh, fear says that, you know what, I, I'm afraid to take a risk. Fear says, you know what, I'd rather live an average life than to, than to step into something new. And God says, you know what, I've got something great for you. I've got something new for you. You see, too fearful to change leads to confusion. In 1 John chapter 4, verse number 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you something. If you're ever going to change, hey, man, we've got to get rid of this fearful mentality. The third thing is rebellious. And, and rebellion says that, you know what, I'm not going to change. Rebellion says, you know what, rebellion will lead always to destruction. All you've got to do is look around our country right now, and you can tell what kind of spirit is on our country right now because we're rebelling against God as fast as the unlocked wheels of time will allow. And I'm going to tell you something, we're going to destroy ourselves from the inside out. You see, that's what Abraham Lincoln said that our country would do if we're not careful, if we turn our face from God. But I'm going to tell you, the fourth thing that, that you'll see that will happen is laziness. You see, laziness says that, you know what, it's too hard for me to change. I don't, I don't have time to change. You see, laziness will always lead to poverty. In, in Proverbs chapter 6, verses number, starting at 9 and through 11, it says, How long will you lie there, you sluggard? Hey, listen, he didn't pull no punches right there. He said, you sluggard, when will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief. You see, I'm going to tell you something. That's what the enemy wants to try to put upon you. Listen, he wants to try to put that spirit of laziness because, you know what, he don't want you to change. He wants you to become comfortable right where you're at. He don't want you to ever amount to anything. Listen, he don't care if you come to church every time. He don't care if you speak in tongues and shout in the altar as long as you absolutely don't put any effort into it. You see, it, the, the last thing is ignorance. Ignorance says that, you know what, I don't know how to change. Ignorance says, you know what, uh, ignorance toward change will lead to nowhere. And I'm going to tell you something. There's so many times that you look around and you'll see a whole lot of Christians. It seems like they're going a whole lot of places, but they're going nowhere. Because I'm going to tell you something. God has a plan. He has a roadmap. Listen, he gives us 66 books that tells us what and how we should do each and everything that we should do. You see, change is it's invincible. It's, it's, we're, we're going to go through some changes. And whenever God, whatever God calls, he will bring a season of change to and I'm going to tell you, if we're ever going to grow, if we're ever going to amount to anything in Christ, we're going to have to change. You see, in 1 John chapter 5, verse number 2 and 3, it says, Now is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches and laid a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. You see, I don't know about you, but whenever I, I, I look at Jerusalem and all this, we see a place that... It's, it's a peace. I know a lot of people, and, and one day I would love to be able to go to Jerusalem, but we see a whole lot of peace there. But there's multitudes of people that are not peaceful in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, we, we see a place, that we, we think of it as being a place of blessing, and, and, but there are people there that are not blessed, amen? We, whenever we see talk or think about Jerusalem, we think of a place of healing and deliverance, but there are people that are lying around that are in bondage. And, and I, I'm going to tell you, I believe that that's a whole lot like the church today. Listen, there's a whole lot of people that we assemble together in a building just like this, but yet we, we don't have healing in our lives. We, we need a healing. We don't have deliverance because we're still living in a bondage in our past. We can't let go of what God has already broken in our life so God can be who God wants to be in our lives. 
Hey, man, we're living a, a, a broke, busted, and disgusted life because we, we won't change. We won't step into what God wants to do. So we live in bondage and we say that God is king of our lives. You see, the name of the pool of Bethesda means the house of mercy. And how many knows that I, how many thanks God for mercy this morning? Hey, man, I don't know about you, but where would we be without mercy this morning? Hey, man. But yet there are so many people who haven't received mercy that are still sick, bound, and lame this morning. Not only in Jerusalem by this pool, but I believe it's symbolic of the church today. Hey, man, there's so many people that we come in and, and, and we're sick, we're, we're bound, we're, we're hurting, we're, we're broken on the inside of us. But yet we sit in and powerful, anointed, Holy Ghost-filled services and we don't step out and receive the promise that has been given to us. See, so many of us, uh, like in our beliefs with Jesus, one of the things whenever I was doing my study that struck me, and, and listen, it, it just really was a burden. I, I thought, man, this is awesome. We've been called to be kings but instead, we're, all we're doing is we're setting on our inheritance and we're starving to death without making a progress into our possession, possessing what we're supposed to have. And so many times we're, we're setting on our inheritance. God has called us to be kings and queens. Listen, God has called us way above what we believe that we are. If we could only see what God sees in us, hey man, couldn't we do so much more? Hey man, God sees so much. But we won't possess what God has called us to have because we won't change. You see, we're in a place of, of mercy and deliverance, but we're still bound. The Bible tells us that those who've been set free in Jesus are free indeed this morning. Hey Amen. I believe that God's called us to be free. But so many of us, we're still living blind, uh, blind lame, and paralyzed lives. We're living a life with no power. Hey Amen. I believe that God wants power back in His church. I believe that God wants power back in his altars. I believe God wants power back in his pulpit. I believe God wants power back in the, in the congregation. I believe that God wants the power of God. I believe he wants the Holy Ghost to just sit down and be, uh, I'm gonna, we need the power more now than ever. But we've been so lame for so many years. We've been stuck in the place for so long that we don't know how to change. We don't know how to get out of the situation that we're in because if we, if we admit to anything, then everybody's going to think that we're something that we're not. You see, we're paralyzed from doing anything about our condition because we've laid around so long. In verse number 3, he says, they were waiting for the moving of the water. And, and one of the things that I, I believe that so much is, is we have a waiting problem today in our churches. Well, I, I don't know about you. I, I won't say you guys, but I have a waiting problem. There's been times that I, I, I've been guilty because I've been waiting on something when God says, you know what, I've already sinned it. I want you to go after it this morning. You see, I, I truly believe that there's so many people that we come to church and we're waiting on a great emotion. We're, we're waiting on somebody like Sister Karen to get up and get excited about Ezekiel and about dry bones and about a fresh breath blowing into our life. But yet, we don't move and we don't step in and we don't receive it. We don't grab a hold of it because God wants to breathe a fresh anointing into each and every one of our lives. But yeah, we come in because we feel so comfortable. We, we, we like the way that everything is. Well, I don't want you to mess up my apple cart. I don't want you to tell me what I need because God is saying, I want you to come closer. But the only way that you can come closer is i got to kill something on the inside of you. There's got to be something to die before you can get closer to him. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you something. we got to learn how to die first before God can absolutely be who he wants to be in our lives. 
You see, so many times we get so caught up because we're, we're waiting on, on a business. We're waiting on a rich, a quick rich, get rich scheme and all this stuff. We're, we're waiting on people that sometimes that, that something great happened to them, so we're going to wait because we believe that it can happen to us too. We've got a waiting problem. There's too many of us that are, that are not making any progress where God wants to take us because we're too busy waiting for something to show up. I don't know about you, but when I come to church this morning, I brought him with me. Amen. Anybody else bring him this morning? Listen, I don't know about you. When I was praying last night, hey man, I felt the power of the Holy Ghost right there on Madison Circle. There's not a doubt in my mind. Listen, I believe that whenever we bring him with us, I believe that whenever we prepare our spirits, I believe that God will show up on any given Sunday and he'll move upon your situation this morning. Hey man, somebody give him a hand clap. Help me preach this morning. Hey man, we're, we got a waiting problem. We're waiting and we're waiting when all we need to do is just step out on faith and trust that he is the one that called us. Amen. Don't listen to what the namesayers are talking about. Amen. I promise you, whenever you say you're going to do something great for God, I promise you there'll be somebody that you trust that'll step up and say, you can't do that. Listen, don't worry about that. Listen, you can read that all throughout the Bible. But I'm going to tell you something. He said he'd take the foolish things of the world and he would confound the wise. What are you waiting for this morning? Who are you waiting for this morning? Waiting around will not solve any of your problems this morning because this man had been waiting around for 38 years. In, in verse number 5 and 6, it said, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years, and when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, and he said to him, Do you want to be made well? My thing about that is this morning is, you know, the first question that he asked when Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? I, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, whenever I was looking at this, John, that that's a crazy question. You could see that this man <coughs> needed a touch. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and the thing about it is, is, I got to thinking whenever he said that. He said, do you want to be made well? And I got to thinking that that would be like me going out in the parking lot and Derek had locked his keys in his car and he's got a coat hanger in there. What's the first question that you ask? Did you lock your keys up? Why do we ask that? You know, I, I, I've become kind of like Bill Ingvall. I'm going to start telling people if I ever do that, say, no, I just wash it. I'm getting ready to hang it up. <clears throat> but that was the first question that, that he asked. And, you know, I kind of thought that that was funny because I, I, I could imagine that this man probably had sores on him. I, I could imagine that this man probably had calluses on his knees and on his legs and and, and, you know, his clothes were probably rent. His condition would probably say that, you know what, I've been in this situation a long time. And I would dare to say that there's people that's been saved that's watching by live stream or maybe that's in this building right now that, you know what, you've had a situation going on a long time in your life. Listen, we may not be able to see it on the outside, but spiritually, you're wounded, you're cut up, you're calloused, you're hurting. You're going through all kinds of things. But why is he asking this lame man if he wants to be made well? Because he could obviously see it. 
It didn't take a rocket scientist to see this. But he could see his condition, and, and, and he knew that he had been there for years because I, I'm sure that he probably, I, I've been to Skid Row before in, in, in Los Angeles, and, and they would have their own little area. And uh, there would be sometimes we would go to places, and you could tell that they'd been there a long time, and their little area over there would look pretty nice. You're thinking, that's a nice little setup for a homeless person, you know. And, but you knew that they had, had been in that situation for a long time. I believe that, that, that Jesus, whenever he went up to him and, and he asked him this question, I don't believe that it caught him off guard, but I, I like to believe that it surprised Jesus because he had been in this condition so long. <clears throat> and Jesus knew that this man had, had been in this way for a while. Excuse me, I'm going to have to get a drink because you guys got me excited. And, and I believe that, that it surprised him just a little bit. And Jesus knew that this man had no business waiting by this pool for 38 years. He knew that there was some potential on the inside of him. And I wish to God that somebody would know that sitting in this place this morning, listen, there's some potential on the inside of you, and God never intended for you to sit by the pool waiting for a move. He never intended for you to sit there and be waiting. You see, I, I truly believe that, that we... If when we get the waiting problem out of us. You see, we are here waiting for some kind of magical thing to happen when God said, you know what? I've placed it on the inside of you already. I've already dispatched the anointing. I've already sent it. And I believe that Jesus is asking each and every one of us a question this morning. Are you tired of your circumstance this morning? Are you tired of going through the same old ritual day in and day out? Are you tired of the same old job? Are you needing a new job? I believe he's asking you, hey man, do you need your joy back? Do you need your praise back? Do you need your zeal back? Do you need your praise back this morning? You see, I, I don't know about you, but while everybody else is waiting, Jesus is saying, you know what? I, I, I already done this. I already paid the price for over this 2,000 years ago. You don't have to, you listen, I don't have to show up on the scene for this to happen because I've already done it. In Luke chapter 4, Verse number 18. Amen. I need you to pray for me right now. It says that he had already proclaimed freedom for those prison that are in prison, recovered sight for the blind, freedom for the oppressed, and also proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor. You see, he wants you to know that, you know what? you got power on the inside of you. You've got some power that's on the inside of you. Listen, you may not be able to sit. It may be laying there. It may be dormant. But I'm going to tell you something. God's got some power that he's already placed over 2,000. Whenever he thought about you in your mother's womb, listen, he placed power on the inside of you. You see, in verse number, and the thing about it is, is that man was singled out among everybody else. I'm going to tell you something. He will come and he will single you out. You see, Jesus didn't address the whole group. He didn't address the whole crowd but he singled out one man. You see, Jesus puts emphasis in one. He deals with us, each and every one, individually. But listen, he's changing us. He's calling us. He's calling us to become closer because you know what? He could have he spoke to the whole group, but you know what? God deals with individuals instead of whole groups. There's been times that you can read through the Bible where he's dealt with the group, but I'm going to tell you something. More than likely, he's going to deal with you individually. You see, Jesus always addresses us one at a time. 
And, and whenever the thing about it is, is, is this is personal. You see, too many people are hiding in a group saying, you know what, I, I, I'm just like everybody else. You know, why, why are you single? You, you know, Jesus might have said, why, he might have said, why are you single on me out? I, I'm just as good as they are. I do this. I, I come to church every Sunday. I, I Listen, I pay my tithes. I, I do all this stuff. But you see, sometimes I, I believe that misery loves company sometimes. And I believe that he found himself in that situation. And, and I, I believe that he said, you know what? I'm better off than most people. You could probably talk to somebody else because I'm comfortable in my situation this morning. But Jesus is asking you directly, do you want to be made whole this morning? Where are you going to be this morning? There's power on the inside of you this morning. you got some untapped potential that God is saying, you know what, I'm going to speak to that this morning. And verse number 7 says, The sick man answered, answered him and said, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I come, another steps down before me. You see, I, I, I think that this is a, a major problem in our, it, it, that's going on today is so many of us are living below our, our spiritual mentality because we're wanting to put the blame on somebody else. Amen. So many times we want to put the blame on somebody. We want to blame. We, we're too busy wanting uh, Pastor Sean or, or somebody else to, to speak a word in our life when God says, you know what, I want you to get alone so I can speak into your life. Uh, much more than, than God wants to prophesy over this congregation. He wants to get us alone individually. And he said, I want to speak individually. I want to speak into your life because of what I want to do in and through you this morning. Listen, he don't need somebody to speak over your life. Listen, I thank God whenever he prophesies and he speaks in this place. But I would much rather sometimes him come down and whisper in my ear so I know that I know that I know without a shadow of a doubt that it's his voice. Amen. Amen. I, I, I want him I, more than I, I love that feeling whenever I just know that he speaks to me. And I know that it's him because I, it feels so good. But I, I believe that, that he's wanting to speak to us if we'll just slow down a little bit and say, you know what? I, I know that the way that I've been going every day in life isn't working for me. So I want to try something just a little bit different. I, I, I want to change some things up just a little bit. And I, and I want to stir up something within me. And I want to get into an altar. Because I need to hear from you. And the only way that we can hear from him is if we take time out and say, God, I want you to speak to me this morning. You see, he was already wanting to put blame on everybody else because of his situation. I, I can't step in the water because I have nobody here to help me. You know, I, I want to do all this stuff, but I can't because I can't do this because somebody else said that. He's already putting blame on other people because of his own mediocrity. You see, he's already wanting to put stuff on him because, you know what, he's afraid to look in the mirror and say, you know what, this is the obvious problem that's going on in my life. You see, I would have come to prayer meeting Tuesday, but you, you didn't call me six times like you're supposed to. So I didn't come because it's your fault. So many times we want to put the blame on somebody else when God is saying, you know what? Listen, whenever you point at somebody else, you got three more pointing right back at you. So you know what? More than likely, you need to look in the mirror and see who it's about this morning. You see, he's ready to divert all the attention of his own laziness by focusing his aggression on other people. You see, too many of us are not doing as well as God wants us to do because we're too busy putting in the blame on somebody else. Amen. Well, sometimes we just got to stand up and say, you know what? 
if it's me that's holding me back. You see, it's just too easy to blame other people for our own problems. We blame people that we work with that didn't even have anything to do with our problems. We blame people because, you know what, you didn't come by and pick me up or you didn't call and wake me up. We blame people because uh, there's just all kinds of things why we want to blame somebody else for our situation and where we're at. My question to you this morning, who are you blaming? What is your excuse this morning? Why aren't you being who God's called you to be? What, what kind of excuse? An excuse is nothing more than just a reason wrapped up with a lie. You see, so many times we want to, we want to put an excuse up. What's the reason that you're giving yourself why you're not able to reach your full potential in God this morning? Are you blaming your family? Are you blaming them because you live in southeastern Kentucky? You live in London, Corbin, Williamsburg, wherever you may live at. Are you blaming your pastor? Are you blaming somebody? Who are you blaming this morning? In verse number 8 9, Jesus said to them, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. And he took up his bed and he walked. Notice this this morning. He didn't pray for the man. You never read in the scripture one time that he prayed for him. He never helped the man get into the water. He never spoke in tongues. He never shouted. He never prophesied over the man. He didn't give him any kind of money. He didn't give him a handout. But all he did, he just simply spoke to the potential that was on the inside of him. And he said, pick up your mat and walk. You see, Jesus wants to speak to the power that has been placed on the inside of us that's been laying dormant, just like he did in that man. Listen, he never reached his hand out. Nobody helped him, but he spoke to the power that was on the inside of him. Jesus was, he's able to speak to this man's authority. He's able to speak a, a authority into him. And listen, there's just something that was inside of him that just had to get stirred up just a little bit. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. God's wanting to speak to that power that's laying dormant on the inside of you. The Bible said that the man then picked up his mat and he walked. And Jesus already had done the miracle because we already talked about it. He'd done it 2,000 years ago. But all he's doing, he's waiting for you and I to do our part. He's done his part whenever he was on Calvary. Now he's waiting on us to do our part. Like I said earlier, you want to know why we don't see miracles happen the way that we used to? Because we're not praying like we used to. Amen. we got to get back to prayer. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says, Truly I tell you, Whatever you forbid and declare improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven, and whatever is permitted and declared upon on earth will be lawful in heaven. And the number, and I'm about to close this morning. In Mark chapter 16, verse number 17 and 18 said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will drive out demons, and they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes and with their hands and then with the, they drink any deadly poison and it will not hurt them. They will place their hand upon the sick and the people will get well. Amen. I believe that God's wanting to speak to some power that's on the inside of us this morning. I believe that God's waiting on you this morning. God said, you know what, I've been here the whole time. Listen, if you can only see in yourself what I see in you, listen, I'm going to do great and mighty things. And as Karen said this morning, there's one thing that, that I want to do, and it's one of my mottos, is whenever I get to heaven, I want to be able to look whenever Jesus asks me, when God asks me, do you know my son as your personal Lord and Savior? I'm going to say yes. And the second thing, he's going to ask me, what did you do with him? And I want to turn around. I want to say all these people were one for the kingdom because I wanted to change. There was some power that's on the inside of us this morning. If you would, you could come to the music this morning. My thing to you this morning is, what's holding your power back this morning?
What is your math this morning? What is your comfort zone that you're dealing with this morning? Maybe your math is whatever you've been using as an excuse from walking in the full victory that He has for you this morning. Maybe your mad is whatever you've, whatever's had you chained down from your past that can't get you into your future this morning. Maybe your mad is someone that spoke something over your life years ago and you can't get over it. Jesus is saying that there's some power in you this morning. Remember that there's nothing by, there's, there's nothing shall be impossible to those that believe. And one of the things is, is it's time that we put the devil where he belongs and that's under our feet this morning. It's time that we come and, and we exercise the power that's given on the inside of us. And, and I like this this morning. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of power this morning. Do you have power this morning? If you would, stand across the building. If Jane would, I want Jane to come on up. We're going to pray over Jane this morning. But this morning, I, I'm going to tell you, I believe that the only way that we can untap the potential that's on the inside of us, the power that He's given us, is if we say, you know what, God, I'm willing to change. I'm sick and tired of being in the same place that I've always been. I've been saved 5, 10, 15 years. Listen, I, I know that whenever we're, a newborn baby only drinks milk for about a year, and then we start introducing them to some meat. There's some people that's been saved for a long time that we're still on the meat. And God's saying, you know what? It's time that you get on the meat this morning. I believe that God wants to speak and God wants to do something in and through each and every one of us. you got to realize there's some power that's on the inside of us. Tim, we need to be like Tim. We need to stir up the gift that's within us. We need God to breathe a fresh anointing in this place, in our lives, and say, God, I want to take this place to a greater level than I've ever taken. But I want you to take it through us. Maybe this morning you're here and you're saying, you know what, Dwight, I'm lost. I'm backsliding. Listen, I've been in this situation for, for years. I, you may feel like you've been like this man that's been laying there for 38 years. And you say, you know what, I, I would dare to say over that time, I, I would dare to say that he had probably backslid. He probably said, you know what, at first I have the faith. I'm going to be able to get into the water whenever it's stirred. But over a period of time, I'd say the water would be stirred just a little bit. And he'd say, you know what, I, I'm not even going to try because I know somebody's going to beat me to it. I know somebody. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, you know what, I'm broken. I need God to put some things. I've got some past hurts. I can't go where God wants me to go because I can't leave behind what I need to leave behind. I need God to help me. Listen, let God help you this morning. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I, I, I need more. I, I'm ready to change. Maybe that's you. And I, I pray that you step out and say, God, I want to change because I know that there's more to you than whatever I have right now. So if you would, let's bow our heads and pray. Dear God, our most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning and I praise you. God, I ask you, Lord, that you would just be real with each and every one of us, Lord. God, unlock the untapped potential that's on the inside of us, Lord. God, stir our hearts. Lord, don't let us be the same as we, as we come in this morning. But God, elevate us, Lord. Saturate us in the freshness of your anointing. God, let the power of your Holy Ghost, Lord, be unlocked in our lives, Lord. God, you heal, you deliver, you set free. God, we know that you're still a saving God. We know that you're a healer. 
God, I pray right now, Lord, if there's somebody in here, Lord, change us. Don't let us be the same as we were. Because, God, elevate us in your spirit. God, take up the cords and lengthen our stakes. Let us grow into who we God, I love you and I praise you for it right now. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, do I, I'm lost. I, maybe I'm backslidden this morning. Would you just be honest and shoot your hand up and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Amen. I see your hand back there. Anybody else say, you know what? I, I've, been, I've been in this condition for a long time and, and I need to move upon a situation in my life. If that's you, would you be honest and say, you know what? Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Come on. Listen, you've been there long enough. You'll never be able to unlock the full potential in your life until you allow God to destroy the yokes of bondage in your life. Listen, you can come to church and you can be saved all day, but yet leave bound like it. Hey, man, God never intended us to be bound. Hey, man, how many would say, that's me, I I'm ready to change. How many would say, hey, man, God, you can change me. That's my hand too. So this morning, I challenge you, find a place. It's okay if you want to spread out. We can spread out in these altars right here. If you want to come and say, God, do something great in my life, we're going to pray over Jaden. Jaden needs the Lord to touch him. And God's going to do it because you know what? We've unlocked some power this morning. We've unlocked the potential. Listen, God's going to do it. And this morning as they play, I want you to find a place, and I want you to steal away, and I want you to say, God, unlock the full potential in my life.